Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Got it. We'd like to welcome everybody back to Football's Family. I'm going to let him introduce himself, but he really needs no introduction. Our guest is a friend of the program, and he is welcome on at any time, any time. Now, but please introduce yourself, uh, and I'm holding one of his books here in my hand. Jeremy, my brother, it's great to be on your show. My name is Rich Schmelter, and I'm the author of a few books and a great fan of your show and a great friend of yours. So yes, he yes he is he is he is my brother. I'm holding in my hand, which you cannot see and he can't see because my webcam is broken. The Chicago Assassin, the Life and Legend of Machine Gun Jack McGurn, which is something I've read a couple of times. I've enjoyed. Uh, I enjoy this book. I enjoy the history part of it. Now this is a sports uh, broadcast. This is a sports podcast, but history is absolutely part of it. But we're going to talk about two two things today. One, the Super Bowl that was this past Sunday, but another one is a passion for you and a nerd part of my nerddom for me. We're going to get to that in a second. But what do you think about the Super Bowl this year? I thought it was probably one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen. I mean, it didn't have the Raiders in it. And of course, it didn't have your Broncos in it. You know, see how I threw that in there? Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) But uh, I thought it was a great Super Bowl. Unfortunately, you know, you being a Broncos fan, me being a Raiders fan, it kind of hurt to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but Patrick Mahomes, I think, just, you know, goes in his basement and he just practiced witchery or something like that because, I mean, he was amazing, and uh, I sat back and watched because I thoroughly did not care who won that game, and uh, I came away just totally impressed with with, with the thing. Probably probably the best Super Bowl I've ever seen, not counting the Raiders. I did a, a broadcast a couple of weeks or last week about Super Bowl rings, the top ones. I don't know if I had 10 or 11, and I think the Raiders made at least one of them. I know they did. Oh, uh, Super Bowl 18. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that was the one. Yeah. Fit, uh, fit, beautiful I, ring. I like the simple ring, and that to me is perfect for what it is. Uh, but to me, the, the Eagles gave that game – away they had so many opportunities just to put their foot on the throat of the chiefs and they just didn't do it i mean and hurst played played a game of his life uh and you know fortunately that fumble and then that 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 that, that call at the end of the game on that defensive back i can't recall his name but um that was sad and you know they they kept they kept emphasizing that and i know that that's their job to emphasize you know every aspect of the game but, you know, when you're dealing with someone that plays for Philadelphia and, you know, the fan base in Philadelphia, God love them. But, you know, they're not the most patient people and they're not not the most understanding. So I kind of felt sorry for that guy to get back on that plane the minute he hit the tarmac at the Philadelphia airport. It could be a little brutal for him. I don't think a game should should uh, especially the Super Bowl should end on a holding penalty, which was really kind of ticky tack. Right. It, it really didn't. I mean, it, they should have let them play through it. I mean, you've seen a lot worse that they that people got away with. And, you know, not not in that game, but, you know, in the past. 
So I was very, uh, I was a little disappointed with that. Very disappointed with that. And uh, I, I, you couldn't have asked for a better game. I think it was such a great game that it's funny because somebody asked me this week, it was a great game, right? I said, yes. He goes, what's the kicker's name that won the game for him? I said, you know, I don't even know. You know, I got, I mean, which is sad. He won the game, but I have no idea what his name is. Um, of course, everybody in Kansas City does, but I, I just, I really didn't even think about that. I was so, so absorbed into the game. And that's going to be a trivia question that I probably won't get right 10 years from now if I can't remember it a few days, a few days after it. Well, and, and that, and, and I, I'm having problems remembering much of anything lately, but the, uh, the Chiefs player who, who landed, who slid down at the one yard line, one of the best moves mm. I've ever seen in football history. Did you see Travis Kelsey point to his head like, you know, that you were good thinking? No, no, I didn't. But uh, Travis Kelsey pointed to his head like, you know, smart move, smart move, you know, and uh, he sacrificed getting his name in the uh, scoring column in a Super Bowl for the good of the team. And you don't see that too often. You don't. Uh, I would have not even thought about it, ran in because I said, well, we'll be up by seven. Well, guess what Philadelphia can do in about two seconds? Oh, sure. Especially with Hurst. Oh, yeah. And the way Hurst was going, I mean, you know, multiple touchdowns running on the ground and, and throwing. And uh, he would have been the MVP hands down. I mean, I'm sure that they had his name already on the plaque for that Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl MVP. But then here came Patrick Mahomes. Like he said, Patrick Mahomes, no offense to you, Jeremy. I, like I said, I love you, my brother. But John Elway did the same thing to everybody. And at first, I really could not stand Elway for the simple reason that, you know, he would beat my Raiders or whatever. And and seeing that I live up in Cleveland, you know, he did that that quite a bit to the Browns, the Browns fans. I personally could care less about the Browns fans. I love you all. But, uh, you know, but I but I had to say that, you know, but um, it was like then all of a sudden you started to realize Elway did that to every team. And then you started to root for him when he went to those two Super Bowls and won them toward the end of his career. And that's the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. He, but early in his career, I, you just even though he's in our division, I just cannot dislike the guy. I mean, the guy is just a master out there. And Travis Kelsey's you know, phenomenal. And so it, it's it's it, it's just to watch him is like watching almost sorcery. I mean, it, it's a sorcery, a gridiron sorcery. I mean, if I want to get a little creative here with the wording. It, it, it's just amazing. I've never seen anybody like him. One thing about that Super Bowl, um, I don't think that it was the teams. I, I did not pick either one of those teams to make it to the Super Bowl. I picked the the Bills at the beginning of the year, and I don't remember. I might have picked the 49ers. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly who I picked. Neither I one of those the, teams were on my radar. I thought the 49ers were going to go, and – at the beginning of the year, um, I don't know if you you listen to my podcast at all, but at the very first episode of this year, uh, this this uh, this football season, I said, you know, I have a great feeling that, you know, I have this good feeling that in the Super Bowl, you're going to see nothing but silver and black confetti coming down and, you know, the Vince Lombardi trophy coming home to Sin City and everything. And, oh, I was I was out there, my brother. I mean, I was out there. And uh, of course, now, you know, I got to eat crow on that but it's it was worth it you know it was worth it i mean i say that every year so maybe once once in the next 50 years maybe i'll be right and i'll look like right. a genius yeah yeah tell everybody about your podcast oh it's called flashback and i'm affiliated with raiders fan radio and it's a show i was interviewed uh by uh 
Murph, Murph uh, for Murph's Fan Cave. And he interviewed me a few years back about my Raiders encyclopedia. And then afterwards, I told him, I go, I'd like to do a podcast. I'm thinking about doing a podcast on Hollywood history, which is a big passion of mine. And uh, he goes, did you ever think about doing a podcast on Raiders history? Well, I almost fell out of the chair. And I'll tell you, Jeremy, I was, I was, I, I had no, no, no adult beverages in me at the time, but I was, <laughs> I was, I was drunk. Yeah, I was just drunk on the endorphins when he said that. And then we did the show. So then afterwards, uh, he told me, you know, about doing it. And it sounded great, but I was terrified to try to do it because, you know, I didn't know, you know, you commit to something. But then I, I just have a blast on it. Each each episode is about it's I have 50 episodes right now. And you're it's a 15 to 20 minutes an episode, and it just deals with little tidbits. And so, some major stories that went on in the past. I, I like to throw in a couple of shows where you talk about some of the zaniness that went on with the Raiders and also some biographies of the players and some of the famous games. And uh, it's just a great show. And it really caught on. And I'm very, very pleased with, with the outcome. And I owe a lot to uh, uh, Josh, uh, Josh or uh, Murph. He goes by Murph um, from Murph's Fan Cave and Raiders Fan Radio. I mean, it's I will- a- I will try my best to put a link in the show notes. I don't know how to do that, but maybe I'll figure it out. Oh, that'd um, be great. Yeah, definitely. We'd love to have that on there. It's called Flashbacks. It's called Raiders Flashback Radio. on Raiders Fan Radio. Yeah, absolutely. But you said something here. We're going to transition to your latest project. Now, I believe the last time you came on, we talked. Uh, I think we talked about your Chicago Assassin book, but we also talked about, well, just bad movies. Yes, <laughs> it, it, it's funny. I I put together a book, um, went back and forth with the publisher. Uh, great. Uh, it's called Bear Manor. And he, uh, this Mr. Omar was just, you know, he's very astute when it comes to Hollywood history, radio history, television history. So him and I went back and forth. For about four months, you know, I would come up with a proposal and send it to him. He wanted to work with me, but we just couldn't settle on something. So finally, this struck me and I was like, oh, my gosh, wait a minute. Drive in. I I love these drive in movies slash B movies, you know, and I put this thing together and uh, he said, that's it. This is the one. So what I did was I I wrote the book. It's called Beast Bedlam and Babes. And so you got the three B, you know, the B thing going. And uh, it's it's from 1956. The movies are from 1956 to 1982. The reason being, in 1956, television was really, you know, the, the fascination of America. And people weren't going to the movies. They were staying at home and watching, you know, Uncle Milty and all these other TV shows, your show of shows, and all that, Lucille Ball. You know, all these shows were just, you know, overtaking the movies. So they had to come up with some something. So... A great idea was, hey, let's go after the teenage audience. What better place to go after the teenage audience is at a drive-in. You know, the you know you get two couples that want to go in there and you know make out a little bit, whatever went on in the cars. And so they started to come up with a lot of these movies. Like I was a teenage Frankenstein, werewolf, teenage werewolf, The Blob. I know that's your favorite. I had to throw that in. And all kinds of movies like that. And then it slowly gravitated throughout the 60s and 70s to once the once the code dropped they used to have a a a code to say you know you can't do this you can't do that so when they went to the uh the rank the rating like G PG 
uh, RX, whatever, um, they were able to, to do a little more creativity, so to say, with the flesh. So you started to see these movies come out in the later 60s, 70s, geared more toward that aspect of life, you know, like, uh, you know, Mama's Dirty Girls, uh, you know, kinds of movies like this. And they were just huge successes. And then in the 80s, when later 70s, early 80s, you started to have the, the dawn of the slasher movies, which I'm not really into the slasher movies, but you had to add some of those in there to appease the audience. So then in, by 1982, 83, you started to see the VCRs or betas and then the VHSs coming out. So now people were reverting back to, hey, you know what? I can get this movie and I can stay at home. So that started to to kind of really drive the drive-ins down. And but but from that time period, from you know fifty six to eighty two, the drive-ins were really hopping more so in the later fifties and sixties. They, they were just building build, building them up everywhere. And uh, so it's I just think it was an exciting time. I made the book humorous because what I wanted to do was going to the drive-in was fun, regardless of the age. It was fun, you know, the neon lights and the nightfall and the concession stand with the neon lights on it and all and the little dancing hot dogs jumping into the buns for let's go out to the movies you know i can't sing so i'm not going to do that but i just think it, it was just all an exciting exciting thing the movies were awful but they were great i mean you put a movie like that in front of me and you put a movie like the blob or the astounding she monster or something like that in front of me and i think it's citizen kane or gone with the wind I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just like, uh, you know, I mean, and, and most people, most people think that I'm a little off center with that. But then you started to realize there's quite a bit of people out there that are crazy about this stuff. So I told the publisher, I said, if you're looking for things about, you know, how great the lighting is or the directing and the acting, you're not going to find it in this book. I go, it's just going to be humorous about the stories. And he was excited. He goes, that's exactly what I wanted. And uh, the rest is history. It's uh, it's going to the publisher in a few weeks, and I just uh, I just can't wait to to see see the finished product. And you, my brother, are going to be getting a copy. So that's what I'm talking about. Here, here's the the thing that I moved something here. I hope I didn't unplug anything. Okay. The, no, we're good. the the last movie I remember watching in the drive th- or drive through drive in um, was in Centerville, Tennessee, at the Pink Cadillac. It was true lies. Okay, that was long after. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I remember being uncomfortable because my dad was next to me, my mom was behind me, and Jamie Lee Curtis was doing a strip tease. For oh yes, yes. Oh, I had such a thing for Jamie Lee Curtis at that time. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis was. Uh, and by the way, yeah, love you, my my dear wife. Uh, but you know, yeah, who's <laughs> in the other room right now? But uh, yeah, no, I, oh yeah, with that, I I had a almost. I think I stopped breathing. I think my wife had to, you know, hit me in the back there <laughs> to, to you know, re- revive me. Oh yeah, that was. Yeah, that, I, I I thought that that uh, I was like, man, this is a little uncomfortable. But uh, I, I tell you, I was thinking about you a couple of days ago. I was at a, a used movie in bookstore in Nashville called McKay's. Uh, I go there every time I'm in Nashville just because. And I've been going to try to get every one of the old, the James Bond movies on Blu-ray. Oh, okay. But I found the horror section. And, of course, I'm not into slasher movies. I, I Not so much. I watched the original uh, 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre re- recently. Awful. That one's in there, by the way. That one's in there, by the way, Jeremy. Okay, I, I would, I would look down on you if you didn't have that in there, just because of I, I, <laughs> just well, just because of the history of it, what it did, right. and Ed Gein and everything like that. Right. But if you're looking for Citizen Kane, you're not going to find that with, with those slasher movies. But I saw all sorts of just B-rated movies that I thought if I had the budget and the time, I would watch every one of these. Uh, Jeremy, I have to tell you a quick little story. This this uh, uh, movie, The Astounding She-Monster. Now, I, I work with this lady, great lady, Karen, and uh, her and her, her husband, her husband loves the Godzilla movies. So I figured, oh, I got an audience. So I told Karen about The Astounding She-Monster. Well, she went out and they they were able to get it. You know, it, it's available. You just punch up the thing and it'll come up on an iPad or your phone or whatever. And uh, she came in the next day. And she looked at me and she just looked, she goes, really, Rich? Really? You know, and that's that's the only thing she said. She shook her head and she walked away. When she saw my wife at a Christmas party that we had at work, she just looked and she goes, really? You know, you married him? You know? <laughs> the the astounding she-monster. I'm astounding she- oh, Jeremy, you have, the movie was, there was a lady named Shirley Kilpatrick. And she was a, uh, she was a pinup girl. At that time, and she posed in some of the, the, you know, the the girly magazines and all, and she was the the astounding she monster. Well, they they sewed this outfit on her, so it was very very form fitting, and she was walking. It was it was filmed in four days, so that should tell you the quality. It was filmed in four days, and she ripped her her buttocks, and the you know her buttocks part ripped. So she went to try to get it fixed. They said, that's not in the budget. She goes, what am I supposed to do? They go, just walk backwards. Walk backwards. Thought the whole thing, she was in constant retreat, walking slowly backwards. You really have to see that. When you see that, you will think about what I said. And I do mention that in the book. But yeah, the astounding she-monster, the hypnotic eye, um, it just goes on and on and on with, with, with those type of movies. And um, I threw in some beach movies you know, from the 60s uh, for the whole Beast Bedlam and Babes. and. Um, course in the 70s there was there's more entries from the 70s because there was so much more to choose from you 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 had the beach movies but they weren't as squeaky clean as you know frankie and annette you know they were more you know teenage romp movies you know i'm I'm sorry i pulled up the trailer comes an unknown power radiating brilliant oh my gosh you see her walking backwards uh I see a hand reaching around the door, and it looks like when I have a migraine, how how things are blurry. That's her. That yeah, she she creeps into this cabin with these okay with this quartet of 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 uh, this totally motley crew, and I don't mean oh, the good oh. motley crew. I don't mean the good motley crew. The, the 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 band that I love. I'm talking about you know a real motley crew. She busts through the window and they're running, and I'm like, most guys would not run from that. No, but to see the thing is. If you come near her, I'm I'm gonna give. Well, I don't want to give it away. You just can't really get near her. You might want to, but if you get near her, it's not really the, the widest wisest. Okay, thing. she just looked at a guy and he fell dead. Yeah, that yeah, she she has that power. <laughs> so, but uh, you 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 know, um, and and the audience knows my son died last year. Yes. But one of the last things that we did Halloween wise, my dad had about thirty quote, scary movies, unquote, that you could buy at Walmart. 
And we we watched something I believe is called the the carnival. And I can't oh. believe that game. Do you remember what that one is called? I, I I've heard of it. It's not Carnival of Souls, is it? Yeah, that that's, that's what it was. Nineteen sixty-two. Yeah, the the girl the girl uh, she she comes out of the water or something. In yes, a and yes. We were watching that, and we were thinking, "What in the world is this movie?" But we finished it. We finished it. We also watched the original uh, Little Shop of Horrors, and we thought, oh. "Why did we watch this?" Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, it's it's. It, do you like the old biker movies also? I've never. Um, I, I've tried to watch some, and I don't think I've ever finished. A, a really good one is called Chrome and Hot Leather, which is um, it's it's from 1971. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this gentleman, but William Smith, my favorite all time actor, he was the king of the king of the drive-ins, and he usually played a biker. And in this movie, he plays a character that's called that's named TJ, and he's the leader of this group called the Wizards. And it, this truly is, if you stop and you look at the B movies and the drive-in movies, this truly is an all-star cast. You had of course, William Smith, who again, who was the king of the drive-ins, uh, Marvin Gaye, his only time ever in a movie, he was in this movie. Um, you had Bobby Boris Pickett, who did the the uh, song Monster Mash. Oh yeah, he was in there. Uh, Cheryl Ladd from Charlie's Angels, my 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 biggest heartthrob of all time. Cheryl Ladd, you know, she was in that movie. Now she wasn't in there that long, but she was in the movie. It, it was just. It was just this all-star cast of people and just a great, oh, and uh, this lady named Kathy Bauman. She was a Miss Runner-Up, or she was Miss Ohio and Miss Runner-Up for uh, Miss US, Miss America. And she does a lot of fashion bags for other people in Hollywood. So she's very, very prominent. She was in the movie. And the man that played the Winchester man, Mark Mike Haynes, Michael Haynes, he was in there. And it's just chock full of uh, of the, these people because most most of these movies a lot of the people did a movie and left but these people had a lasting impact in, in life in general and uh in the entertainment business and just just an amazing movie but if you get a chance to see a chrome and hot leather um it's 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 a very very um uh, uh, i don't want to say it's a good movie it's a good movie it's special uh, it's yeah it's a special movie and uh nothing nothing dirty or anything like that in there uh, but it's just a uh, very, very good movie, and just to see the all-star cast in there is amazing. Well, if you if you um, you know said you got one movie to watch, and that you would recommend from your B movies, what would it be? Oh wow! Oh, see, we asked the hard questions here at Football's Family. I am going to say, seeing that it's a football show and all, I'm going to say the Pom Pom Girls. From 1976. All right. All right. Pumped John 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 Carradine. You, we all know John Carradine, correct? Oh, oh, yeah. His son, Robert Carradine, was the star in it. And um, virtually unknown people and everything. But it you know centers around a Southern California um, high school and, you know, the rivalry that they had with these with this other school. And uh, just basically it's just it's, it's just the, the first week of school. And all it is is really, it's really, it's like the like the Seinfeld, t- the TV show Seinfeld. It's a movie about nothing, but it entertains you. And okay. I have, you know, that, this is telling you the quality of this. This was on USA oh. all night. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 
I'm telling you, Jeremy. I mean, I'm <laughs> I, I'm the first one to admit that you know it's like uh, uh, I'm not I'm not the the most um, astute person when it comes to recommending movies, but you know you know what you like, you know, and um, <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> and okay, I used to be. I used to I, be I'm looking at I'm looking at these guys pull up to the okay. I'm not going to describe this, but if you want to look, watch it on YouTube. This is hilarious. Um, this is this was made in what you say it was 1976. So this was pre Daisy Duke, and so Catherine yes. didn't really begin the uh, the style. This was they used this to to the utmost in this movie. Oh yeah. Oh, that yeah. guy looks like Marlon Brando. He is trying to pull off a Marlon Brando. Oh yeah, yeah. The the, the acting was uh, most of the acting in these movies were terrible, and uh, special effects were awful. If you ever see Plan Nine from Outer Space from 1959, they actually have a a hubcap of a. Sh uh, it's supposed to be a flying saucer, but it's a hubcap and it's got a little string attached to it, and you can see the string and you can see the hubcap and it looks like it comes from like a 1959 Mercury, and it just like flutters. You know, through the air, and it's it's the, the the funniest thing. But I love these movies. Like I said, the Astounding She Monster. I, you know, well, the funny thing about the Astounding She Monster. Back to that real quick. Is we had a video store up the street. Goes to show how how long ago this was. And uh, my wife went to the dry cleaner, and I said, "Oh, could you do me a favor? Could you go to the video store and pick up a vi I, I I bought a movie because it's the only one that I didn't have. I couldn't find it on TV." My wife comes home, she puts the thing on the counter and she goes, well, I went in there. She goes, here it is. I, as soon as I walked in, they said, you're Rich's wife. And she said, yeah. she goes, they laughed at me. She goes, we had to watch this movie to see what it was. She goes, he, he goes, he comes in here and gets the weirdest things. <laughs> so my wife goes, now I'm compelled to watch this with you. So she sat there and she watched this movie with me. And Jeremy, like I said, I was glued to it. To me, it was Citizen Kane. I was glued. And she just stared at me. She was, are you kidding me? You know, she was just like, like, so, I don't know. I want to say she was intrigued, but she was appalled, you know, at the same time. It, it, it's kind of like uh, a car wreck. You don't want to look, but you can't turn your head. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. And she was just, and I was so glued into this movie and she was just like, oh, you know, <laughs> okay. See, I'm right now. I'm watching a car chase between a bunch of people on a red fire engine, and this dude that looks like he's straight out of St. Elsewhere driving this, and he's going to go off the road. This is this is the Dukes of Hazard right here. Oh, you're talking about um the pom pom, -pom, -pom girls. girls? Yes, right. They steal they steal the fire truck. Of course, who who wouldn't walk into a firehouse and steal the fire truck? Oh, I I, I think about that every day. <laughs> That's actually John Carradine's son driving the car, driving the truck. Well, I, oh, now they're going to turn the hose on the guy. Yeah, they 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 go to the school. They go they they go to a school <laughs> called Rosedale, and they go to Harding High School, and they're ready to play the game. And they go they go to Harding, and they let loose with this this fire hose on all the people. Do you see that one? I haven't got to that point yet, but you know how bad it is when the camera itself gets wet. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! See now I've got more to you. You tell you. You say that you and and I just got a few more minutes and and I appreciate you coming on, my friend. Um, you are welcome at any time, especially when your book comes out. We want you back on. Um, oh, thank you. 
my my wife and your wife probably would get along. And I'll, I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. You know, you talk about the movies. I have, I pre-ordered my tickets for the Dave Matthews Band to come on May 26th. I've got the tickets. Okay. She looks at me when I'm singing Dave and said, how do you know these songs? I mean, how do you know these songs? I'm like, well, what do you think I do during the day? You know, <laughs> I listen. She rolls her eyes. But then I come up here. And I kid you not, I quote, in, in a day, I quote, Indiana Jones, James Bond, The Simpsons. And then I'll throw in some abstract fact from the 1950 football season. Yeah. This is the type of women that some reason are drawn to men like us. Or at least maybe they find pity on, take pity on us. I don't know what it is. I don't, th- I think, I don't think my wife realized, I, I don't think my wife realized what she was signing up for all those years ago. <laughs> slowly, slowly, I kind of broke down the wall. Like, oh, by the way, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm going to quote a Scrubs episode for you. Okay, great show. Uh, the the janitor wants to tell his future wife everything, and one of the nurses says, "Don't show all your crazy at once." Right, right. A little at a time. Right. Oh Just, yeah, it's. It, it's 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 they're they're just great they're just great and I know you're you're kind of glued to that pom pom girls right now. Well, um, I am. Uh, the name sounds the name sounds more this name sounds more worse than it actually is. You know that the, the movie. You know when you first hear the movie, you're like, oh, yeah, you know. But it's actually just a, a a mindless a mindless high school comedy that you know you can relate to it. You can relate to to that time period if you were around in that time period. You know, he just Except, decked that dude. Right now. There's a lot of violence in this. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot. There, there's a rivalry between uh, Johnny, who's who's uh, David uh, uh, Robert Carradine's um, Robert Carradine's character is named Johnny, and he's after this lady named Sally, and she's with this guy named Dwayne. So they have a, of course, a battle, you know, going on with all that. And there's food fights and. There's a football game, which is kind of funny because you only see like, you know, six guys running out onto the field and they probably couldn't afford a stands. You know, they couldn't afford to have a lot of people in the stands because there's only like 20 people in the stands. It's terrible. The field isn't even marked. It looks like it's in a cow pasture somewhere. But uh, you just have to you just have to adapt. And I, that's where I consider myself being creative that you allow yourself to have some creativity. And uh, that's what I'm going with. That's the story I'm going with on that. All right. We've got just a couple minutes. I want to throw, uh, throw out a couple of things. He is on Flashbacks Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, that's your that's your podcast. Yes. Uh, you have several books. The Chicago Assassin being one. What are the other ones that you have out? What, uh, the uh, Raiders Encyclopedia, the Lakers Encyclopedia, the USC Football Trojans Encyclopedia, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers Encyclopedia. And the Cleveland Browns, uh, it's called the Browns Cleveland's team. That came out uh, when the Browns were just ready to come back in 1999. That's what kicked all this off for me was the right with the writing. That that book kicked it off. And I also have um, a book coming out uh, that's being uh, formatted right now by a very wonderful friend of mine, Cody Haggard. He's putting the book together. And Jeff Porcinellic, uh, another great friend of mine, is doing uh, the artwork for me on the covers. And these two guys are just invaluable to me, along with so many other people that, I mean, it would take a whole show to mention everybody, you know, and uh, from Jim and Josh and just 
it, it, all, all the all the wonderful people that support me and um and my dear wife hi honey but uh but um no it's uh that one i'm very excited about it's called pro, uh, pro football goes hollywood and it's going to be the early days of professional football that should be out and i'm saying about a month uh my friend cody is is getting it all set up for me formatting it and all and i'll be released then and if you like i could let you know when that one comes out yes absolutely um, and it's very very excited about it very we excited put that up we could put that up on the football family Twitter page and Facebook page as well. I'll give you a link to that. Great. I also have a championship diary series coming out. Uh, my first one is Super Bowl 18 with the Raiders against the Redskins. And I also have some Marilyn Monroe projects coming out, uh, quick hitting books in regards to her movies. And I'm having a great time with that. And of course, again, Cody and Jeff are doing the formatting and the artwork for the covers. So it's just, um, it's just a, a great little association that I have with some wonderful people, you included, my brother. Well, thank you, my friend. And thank you for coming on today. Um, when, when your books come out, we'll put them up and we'll uh, direct people to where they can get them. Thank you, Jeremy. And Jeremy, anytime you want me on your show, I absolutely love doing your show. Anytime you just let me know. I love you, my brother. Love you, too. And thank you all for listening to the Football's Family Podcast. And we have a new sponsor here at the Footballers Family Podcast. It's Manscaped. Support for the Footballers Family Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped re recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 5 million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code FAMILY at manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived and oh man, is it a game changer. Inside the package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver, Revival Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to hold your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming, and I dare say the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and it also has a 400K LED spotlight you need for a more precision shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. Now you thought that was good, but wait till you take your grooming game to another level. The Performance Package 4.0 includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Hair Ear Hair Trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary safe skin technology, which help reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Below the Waist Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Below the Waist Toner will change the way you approach your daily hygiene. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off 
plus free shipping with code FAMILY. That's get 20% off and free shipping with code FAMILY at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tool with Manscaped. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.